This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to MQM Podcast, your audio hub for everything middle Keen's Dons. Been a, it's been a pretty enjoyable past couple of days. Uh, obviously, you know, Saturday was uh, probably the highlight of them all. Um, taking, you know, a really, really big crowd to crew for our sons anyway. And, you know, probably, you know, some said it was, some said it was the best away day we've ever had, which is a quite a statement to make considering, obviously, you know, it's a newer club, but, you know, we've got what, 14, 15 seasons now. So I'm sure I'll get the gents' views on that, but, it's been enjoyable past couple of days, hasn't it, Ross? And uh, I'm sure you're still beaming from Saturday. I'm very much on the lowdown. Um, I'm trying to uh, avoid going out. Um, I spent a bit too much at the weekend. So I had a gig on um, Friday night. So, yes, just about recovered from the weekend, but I can't complain. Yeah, I'm sure we're all a bit of a light on our pockets face that weekend as well, because I've spent a fair bit as well for the whole weekend also. Um, Joe, how are you doing? Obviously, apart from the WhatsApp message you sent to us earlier regarding your car, I'm sure you're uh, doing right yourself. Yeah, like Ross, I think it's just been a bit of a recovery from the weekend. I think I got back to, we got back to Ketron about eight o'clock and I said to Ross, do you fancy a beer or something and he just turned to me and went no I don't <laughs> we're both exactly knackered from you know I think we got in at one the night before and up at half eight or something the next morning so yeah it was a long old weekend but yeah great weekend and um yeah I, I mean I guess with the FA Cup coming I think it's almost like a bit of a break now so uh yeah hopefully the next game back is uh just as good as the last one yeah, most definitely. And we'll, we'll touch upon the little break and sort of give a... It's, it's like a mini review of how the season's gone so far. Obviously, it's it's still very, really very early on. And it's obviously a lot of football to be played in the Christmas period, which is always um, brings up a few you know problems and you know little slip-ups. But, you know, we'll get onto that. Obviously, you've got Steve, who's coming up in the Cup, um, which is going to be an interesting game. Uh, first round of the FA Cup, which always is a good one. Of course, we're at home and not away from home, which... I think apart from high, I don't think we've been away from home in the FA Cup in the first round for a long time. 
um, which is funny that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's still, still an important game and obviously getting some money into the club. So yeah, it's, we'll look forward to that later on. And of course, reviewing the uh, crew performance, which we've gone to now. So 4-1 away win. Um, really, really, I say good performance. It was a good performance. We didn't really control the game too much. And obviously that's one of our one of our core principles is controlling games and keeping possession of the football, which I suppose we didn't really do. But I say we had, we had possession when it mattered. And we took our chances when it mattered. I think, um, obviously, you said to me on Joe on Saturday, you said, I think it was just four shots on target and pretty much four goals. So, obviously, the Kyoso one had a deflection and, you know, it was technically an own goal officially. And then it got given to Kyoso in the end, which is nice. But, you know, we were, we were pretty clinical on the day and something that we've not really had the past couple weeks prior to that. Um, but before we even get on to our overall thoughts, Ross was a. Uh, was crew away the best away day ever in terms of Milton Keynes Dons or can you name a better one? Oh, it's hard to say it's the best away, but um, it's it's up there with Notts County and your Swindons for sure. I felt, um, I think it weren't the fact that obviously it was on the pitch. I think it was more off the pitch. I think there was, we we're just all tight, tight knit from the station. And uh, I think the atmosphere 20 minutes prior to kickoff, I haven't seen it like that before. And um, it just didn't stop. And that's that's the most pleasing side to it. Um, but just going on the performance, I'd, I'd, I do do feel we rode our luck a bit in the first five minutes. They hit the post, but and then we punished them. And from there, I think crew were always chasing the game as such. Um, first half, I felt we cruised into half time. Uh, we didn't really give much away. I don't think they had a shot on target um, in the first half. So... Um, we were quite uh, sure in at the back. Um, and we are just, as I say, just cruising, passing the ball about and waiting for the chance. And then Kyoso and Matt O'Reilly linked up down the right and um, he squared it to Mo. And Mo, Mo had one of the easiest finishes of his career to get his 50th goal, um, career goal. So, I'd, yeah, going into half time, it was pleasing. And then um, second half, we started far too slow in my eyes. I felt we dropped too deep. And um, I felt we allowed crew to play their own way um, slightly. And um, it was a long ball to the back post. And I, I believe it was Christopher Long. Um, he headed it up, off, um, I believe it was Louis' leg, but it was on target. So um, it was a bit of a bit of a luck uh, involved in the goal. But then we switched on from there. And I felt from there on, we absolutely dominated them. And... Um, Matt O'Reilly with sublime finish yet again, um, using the wide areas in the second half especially. Um, and then we had the, the penalty. It was a bit of a poor penalty from Mo. Um, but I think, I believe it was 10 minutes later, Kioso um, put his free one up and then um, Max Waters finished it off. I think it, it was pretty much a perf- perfect away performance in my eyes. Yes, we had... We're at times where it didn't go our way, but at the end of the day, we got the three points and we move on to the next. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't have too much to complain about in that performance, really. So well, it would have been nice. I think that that Christopher Long shot you mentioned, Ross, was the only shot on target in the whole game, um, if you count it anyway. I'm not, I'm not sure if it did count, but you know, you'd imagine it would if it was heading on target. So you know, that just shows you how I think poor in general crew were. And it... 
it was what we what we should have been seeing the previous weeks anyway. We were facing these like poorer teams in terms of the league table from the likes of you know Shrewsbury, Doncaster, and merely Doncaster shouldn't be where they are in the league from based off what we saw. Um, but yeah, it was just nice to see us actually not waste the opportunity for once and play a team who are unfortunately on a bit of a down streak and they need some sort of life gets into them. Um, and let's actually take advantage of that for once. It's a, a nice sight. Uh, Joe, obviously, was, was I said say to Ross, was uh, was crew away the best away day for you ever? And uh, what do you think of the performance in general? I think, um, obviously, in terms of magnitude of game, I think, no, it's just, you know, you've definitely, you've got to say, you know, the promotion season it, up to the championship, you've got ones like, um, yeah, yeah, you've got Swindon, you've got... Um, uh, Rochdale, they were two really good ones. And then I think as well, the first away in the championship, Rotherham, the 4-1, that was brilliant. But in terms of just purely based on the atmosphere and the mood, it was it was like a party. I think, you know, the inflatables, the Peter Chioso wigs, the crocodile, and then, of course, our friend uh, from our, our, our Soviet friend, Hasbulla, also <laughs> joining us. You know, it was it was quite the uh, quite the array of um, accessories, I should say. And, um, yeah, so it, it, in terms of that, it was absolutely brilliant. And um, I think that video started to get a few, uh, getting a few people uh, wound up the wrong way, which uh, I think is just a bit funny. You know, I, I, people just need to go over themselves, really. Um, but, no, absolutely fantastic day out, to be honest. Um, and, you know, I think it's really good to see as well that it's just, you know, loads of, like, youngsters coming along as well people a lot of people I didn't maybe didn't recognize but just yeah it's good just good to see good to see um in terms of the game I think I don't think we necessarily played a lot amazingly but I wouldn't say that we were too much better than what we were against perhaps Shrewsbury it's just the fact of we actually took our chances because you think back to Shrewsbury we had two or three really good chances that we just didn't really didn't take Whereas against Crew, we just took those chances. And I think that's what I, I mentioned it um, last week or the week before about these fine margins. You know, it was the same against Rotherham. You know, Rotherham were better than us on the day, but that wasn't a 3 0, you know. And it's like, you know, just like Crew will probably say, yeah, we were better than them, but it probably wasn't a 4 1. I'd say, you know, maybe 2 1 or 2 0 was probably fair, a fair result. But at the end of the day, when you've got the quality in the box, you know, the quality does shine through. You know, Max Waters with a great finish. Uh, Mo Issa just doing Mo Issa things and being in that right area at the right time. O'Reilly with just, you know, reacted fastest and showing that bit of quality, which, you know, it, it was us that had the quality. Um, a bit annoyed to concede another cheap goal. Um, just It just looked a bit soft, really, which was just a bit annoying. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't affect us too, too bad. But... Um, yeah, I think it just goes to show that these fine margin games, sometimes they're going to go for you and sometimes they're not. But it's, you know, it's pleasing to see that we, you know, we do have the quality. And it's also good to just see, you know, a couple of the strikers getting goals and also Troy scoring in midweek. So, you know, I think that it, you, you want your best players in form and firing. So uh, I think that's another real positive to come from, from the weekend. Yeah, just a quick note on that video. Um Obviously, I think, well, just a fan in general, I think that we can. Obviously, our fans were, as always, absolutely terrific. And I feel, as you mentioned, Joe, I didn't recognise some of the people that were there on Saturday, but the fact that they were there in the first place, cheering on the boys, the way they did was absolutely terrific. And you know, hopefully that performance will encourage mm, them to absolutely. keep going. 
um yeah i hope, I hope that forwards the courage to keep coming to these games um and especially the tougher ones like got a few killed up obviously Sheffield wednesday midweek and morecambe which is a long old trip on a saturday regardless of when we play them um so yeah hopefully they come to those and hopefully you know clearly clearly the boys really appreciated it based on the comments post-match and the way they performed so yeah long may it continue um and of course yeah the crew fans just got a disclaimer oh, it's sorry. not always yeah. like it well yes just yes a bit of a disclaimer it's not always like that <laughs> yeah unfortunately not um but hopefully we can keep it going um but yeah of course because some, some of the crew fans got a bit carried away during the game you know Buins the certain players, and of course, that was that, that was the um unfortunate racism incident, which is a real shame. And I hope the club, the crew, saw that out very very quickly if they haven't already. Yeah, on the actual performance though, uh, a play we highlighted on the Twitter account earlier in the season was uh, Peter Kioso. Uh, obviously, he got the goal in the end, which is really nice. So he's off the mark again with another goal this season, maintaining. I think he's still second in the Don's scoring charts, just behind. Of course, um, my wife's, um, Scott Twine, sorry, not my wife, sir. Um, of course, two assists also. Um, I think he played a part in all four goals, really, but of course, you know, didn't get any credited for assists or a goal for one of them. Um, Ross, Peter Chioso, talk to me. Really, really impressive performance once again for him, wasn't it? Yeah, definite. Callum Mc- McFadden, he must have had been having nightmares of Chioso. <laughs> he was being left behind every single duel or one-on-one or whatever you want to call it, um, every time they came up against each other. He also had him every time. And uh, if you look at the goals, it's every time he beats his man, he gets the assist. And um, I think he also showed all different types of uh, things or characteristics he can do um, in the game. That long ball over to Waters, um, the vision. And then he's got the ability to take on his man for the first goal. And then we've seen his other side, like at Wigan, where he can head the ball in the back of the net. And I'm sorry, but how he, how he didn't get a chance or a look in, this, in that Luton side um, is beyond me because of, at the moment, I'd, in my eyes, I don't personally see a better uh, player in this league in that position. I'm currently on form. Yeah, it's an interesting situation, Max. Obviously... You know, the, the more the more Kyoto keeps performing at you know a pretty high level in League One, Luton gonna have two eyes on him in terms of you know potentially bringing back into their squad. Because uh, obviously he is, he is a losing player after all, and there is an, I'm assuming there is an option to recall him in January. So, Ross, do you do you, do you see a situation happening, or do you reckon that they're gonna see Kyoto in a situation that he's happy, he's playing well, and they keep him here for the season and see what happens next summer? Well, I, I believe his contract runs out next summer, so um, I, I don't I don't want to jinx it, but uh, it's it's certainly someone we should be looking at next summer, if or even in January, we should look at like a pre-contract or something like that. But on terms of like Luton, yeah, of course they're going to be looking at, at him, but Luton aren't doing too bad in the championship themselves, so uh, it's kind of a blessing in disguise as such. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was interested to hear your opinions on it because, um, you know, we've had a situation before, haven't we, where I played it really well and he's come back to his uh, loan club or certain situations, loaned and sold to someone else and perhaps not done too well. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that, you know, Luton would be keeping tabs on him. I sort of see, you know, oh, he's playing well, scoring goals, getting assists, you know, arguably being one of our better players in the squad. And, you know, 
it, it would it would be silly to take our situation when he struggled to get back into that team and losing. And actually, they're doing pretty well themselves. So, you know, it seems a bit negative to do that, quite frankly. Um, Joe, thoughts on Kyoto from Saturday? I'm assuming you're as impressed as me and Ross were. Yeah, I think he's going to be given a prop, you know, Troy, Troy Waters and uh, Troy Waters and uh, Moa run for the money in the Golden Boot race this this year <laughs> if he keeps up scoring at this rate. Um, I think one of the main reasons I think he was loaned out, or maybe one of the question marks, was potentially his ability in the attack in third. Because I think when he came in, we said we know he's athletic, we know he's really good in you know aerial set pieces. Uh, we saw it; he scored against us for Northampton, but I think this is almost the perfect loan for him because he's probably going to be on the ball in the box and around, you know, in the opponent's final third, probably twice as much as he will be at Luton. And that's just purely based on, you know, play style. And also, you know, Luton are going to be coming up a lot of the time with teams that are, you know, going to want to dominate the possession against Luton and Luton maybe play a different style so that when, you know, Luton's wingbacks do get in that situation, that it needs to be top quality. So I think it's all about just getting Kyoso that experience going forward more than anything. Um, and I think he's, he's, he's done brilliantly. I think, you know, sometimes there's that element of, you know, maybe just a little bit more composure, but you can't argue with his goals. And I think he's, he's yeah, he's just so powerful. He just drives. And it's, as um, Roth said, Callum McFazley must have been having absolute nightmares. He probably was having nightmares on the Friday night, let alone what he'd be thinking on Saturday night after the game, um, because he absolutely ran that game. And it's not often you say that. But I, and I think um, I think it was um, uh, Thomas Tuchel who, who said about his wingbacks, he said, no, they're not defenders. We play with three defenders. They're midfielders. And I think it's, you know, that's almost true in how the, they, the wingbacks play in our system. You know, we had Danny Harvey who took the, the limelight against Wigan and, uh, you know, Curso's doing it this week. So as a defence, you know, last season, there were maybe times where teams would, you know, teams would say, right, well, they've got Scott Fraser and um, Harvey or Sorinola down the left, and we didn't really have much going down the right. So as long as they blocked out the left, they pretty much would stop us. Whereas this season, if they stop us, if they stop, if they do try and double up on Kyoso, well, that's going to leave Daniel Harvey and Scott Twine through on the left. So, you know, it's really good that we have got this varied threat you know, so who knows? Next week we might be talking about how you know Harvey's got a hat trick and <laughs> four assists or something. You know, but uh, yeah, it's really good to see. Yeah, it's nice to have. Well, finally, have I say sorry? A, a balance in the squad where, and also, I suppose it's what you know, Russell Martin said. We're not relying on one person to score goals for us when he was here. And, you know, obviously got twenty or six in the league. Iser and Kyoto both on four now. And plenty of other players who were scoring goals for us, including you know, the likes of, as you said, Troy, Max. So, yeah, it's good. It's good to have a team scoring goals. It's good to have a team playing well. You can't really complain. Another player... Just quickly on Troy. Um, I believe it was... I believe they were saying it was something to do with just personal reasons. So I don't think that there's anything, uh, um, I don't know, suspicious or anything like that going on. So hopefully uh, he should be back soon. And, it, and you just think you've just scored four goals away from home and you've got an international footballer ready to come back in. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, hopefully it's all good on Troy's end. And yeah, here's some positive news regarding his availability in the presser on Friday morning, actually, Friday morning when he yeah, because on Saturday. So yeah, hopefully it's a good news on that front. Um, another player who had a pretty good performance, kind of under the radar a little bit, I felt, 
uh, was Matty O'Reilly. Um, was man of the match. If you look at majority of you know any any app or website that does stats, he was I think he had eight point one majority of places. Had a really really good performance. Of course, got his goal as Joe mentioned earlier. Really controlled the game. Won his ground duels. It was ninety percent won on his ground duels. So he held that midfield down well in the absence um, of like to say Ethan Robson is obviously still out injured. Um, and yeah, he, he not only did he allow. Not only did he do his own thing, he also allowed the likes of a Kekrin coming in, who was touched upon later, to do his thing as well. And I feel in a game which really lacked control, Ross, I felt O'Reilly's performance had a lot of that control, frankly, and he kept it together in many parts. Yeah, and I think the wide areas allowed him to do that. I felt, um, especially when it was 1-0, Kioso um, was running out wide and they were trying to double-team double, um, double team him down that right-hand side. And um, it allowed O'Reilly to have that space on the edge of the box. And when you've got like Twiney and O'Reilly on the edge of the box, they've got that quality quality to uh, pull it in the back of the net at the end of the day. And um, if you actually look at O'Reilly's finish, it's a lot better than what you think it is. I believe it hits the floor before um, it touches his boot. So that could have went absolutely any, anywhere. And he's just slotted that away in the bottom right-hand, right-hand corner. Um, keep his side, sorry. And yeah, fair play to about O'Reilly because of in recent weeks, he's probably not been the best in terms of where comparing him to his Ipswich performance or um, pri- uh, previous performances. I just feel like um, recently um, he's starting to pick up his own game again and his form's starting to come in and uh, he's starting to influence on the team also. Yeah, and as well as all that, you know, his, his heat map's all over the place, Joe. You know, he's had bits where he's playing a sort of a right winger position where Kyoso typically play. Of course, he's in the centre of the park where, you know, that's the position, that's where you expect him to be. He's also sort of in one of Hora's area as well at times at the game. So he really is just sort of drifting all over the place during games, you know, doing his thing and, you know, getting applauders for it. Yeah, I think you mentioned about him going almost slightly under the radar, but I think it's more... I think it's maybe a bit scary that we're just becoming used to his performances and how consistent he is. He's, he's 20 years old. He's not even 21. You know, he can't even go for a beer in America yet. And it's, you know, it's, it, I think it's, they actually spoke about him uh, on the Totally Football League podcast. And they mentioned, you know, the fact that he, he decided he was going to turn down a deal at Fulham because he wanted to play for football. And he was so confident in himself and backed himself that if he went down, you know, two leagues that he'd managed to find his way back up and he backed himself. And, you know, you need that confidence to to make it anyway. You know, what's the point in playing football if you don't think you can go to the very top? And I think it's just, you know, it, it, as well, when he first came in, you know, people, you know, eight, you know, looked at this maybe 19-year-old and thought, I remember we saw, when, he, when he was playing at first, he was very much as a number 10. But we've seen him come deep and, you know, he's, 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 uh, Jules won and his tackles and interception stats are just as good as, as uh, you know, any quite a lot of central midfielders in the league. So, you know, he, he gets involved, he gets stuck in and it's almost becoming the norm now, uh, which is quite scary. But I mean, I'm sure Liam Sweeten's got everything under control in the background. Um, and if he does decide to, I think it's not, it's not an if, it's a when. Unless we go up with with him to the championship, I can't see him not playing championship football next season. And I don't begrudge him it one bit because, you know, he's he's playing at a championship level right now. To be quite frank with you, 
Um, so yeah, I'm, it's uh, let's enjoy him while we can. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I, I think it's the same for a lot of the players in the squad right now. You know, we're, we're playing at such a level and. The, the, the squad's so young and just full of talent that you know people are going to be watching. Of course, you already had inquiries for Riley in the end of on deadline day in August from championship teams. Um, so yeah, it's going to happen, and I think it's going to be a very very nervy January for everyone involved, including us watching from the stands. So uh, yeah, brace yourselves. Is all I'm going to say on that front. Another player who you know potentially got eyes on him and uh, head into January and moving forward. It has had him for quite a long, a long time to face Mo Issa. Of course, got his goal um, on Saturday. Should have had another one, really. He went for a pretty a pretty poor penalty, as Ross mentioned earlier. Um, you know, only actually touched the ball 22 times in the game, which is quite surprising. And obviously, we, we spoke before about how when, when Mo had a, an 18-touch game, how many does he get him, get him more involved? But we saw kind of the opposite, you know, we didn't, I said, we didn't have control of the game, so Mo didn't touch the ball a lot, but at the end of the day, he took his chances. Well, one of them anyway, uh, one, one that mattered really. Um, and yeah, it, it was just an, it was an interesting performance because of the comments we've made and how, quite frankly, we went wrong, but at the same time, we got the three points, and that's all that matters. So, Ross, Mo eyes to talk to me. What do you think about him on Saturday? I think he was outstanding in the sense of he was trying to bring others into play. And um, when we did try and go long um, through the channels, um, I felt he was holding up the ball very well. And Twine was trying to uh, get involved in, in, in the attack. And um, yeah, he, all I can really say is, yeah, the numbers probably don't say that he had a great performance. But um, if you actually did watch him, he was a lot better than what you um, the stats say. And I, I, I do feel like Mo uh, at the weekend, um, it was a massive improvement. And um, I think his goal was justified for his performance, really. Yeah, his movement was absolutely outstanding. And it it's weird, because does it make it a motivational thing? Because sometimes to me, obviously, it seems to be he's very much a confidence player. And obviously, there's, he's, it's times where he's expressed his frustrations to the likes of Liam and the coaches staff in terms of missing chances and not being involved in the game too much. So he he must be, at the same time, when it's when he's really high, he must be like, you know, really confident, scoring those goals. And I imagine that's how he's feeling this week. But at the same at the same time, you know, there's the games at Accrington where he's gone off injured and he's coming back and he's feeling a bit low. So I wonder if it's, it's the case of him, you know, being managed by the coach staff and the players in terms of building his confidence up to when he goes out on the pitch on Saturdays and Tuesdays, you know, he's, he's smashing it at the top of his game and scoring goals for us. Cause ultimately that's where we need him to be. And, you know, being that character in the dressing room. So that's, that's quite an interesting take on it, actually. Um, Joe, Mo Issa, obviously, you know, the penalty is disappointing, but I think for me, you always put your goal scorers on penalties, regardless of how good they are taking, are taking them, quite frankly. And I don't think we have a, a dedicated penalty taker in the squad. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm always putting my goal scorers on penalties, quite frankly. Yeah, I think, you know, the strikers, they want the goals, don't they? And I think Mo Issa's, yeah, Ross briefly mentioned it, you know, movement. And I think that when we had Mo Issa out of the team, yeah, I think I don't think he played in the Shrew... Oh, he did play in the Shrewsbury game. But, you know, cast your mind back to the Doncaster game where he didn't play. You know, we didn't have a person on, you know, who was sort of holding, just just staying in the box. Because sometimes the best movement is just not moving. Because if loads of people are moving around you, you know, you can find those pockets of space. And that first goal is 
almost a perfect example of that because you know I, I it could just be seen as a tapping but the movement to get there and just you know beat the man and get to the cross and then also you know the desire to get to the cross first yeah brilliant and I think you know the amount of space Kyoso had on that right hand side well that's probably because the centre backs are in the middle and they're absolutely petrified because this this guy's just standing there and he's ready to pounce if either of them make a mistake so, you, so sometimes you will get you know if the if there's not men in the box, then you'll get centre backs drifting out, and they'll you know close down the wings. But I think the one of the reasons we had so much joy on the wings was the fact that well the strike the the striker was right in the middle, so the centre backs aren't going to just leave him isolated. So all of a sudden that just leaves Kioso in a one v one on out wide, which is going to be you know we'll take those odds every every time. Um, so I think yeah, I, I mean I mean I think you know it's. T- got to remember as well he, he might have had a couple of quieter games but he has just come back from injury and if you look at his record I think he started nine games for us and scored four goals over a 46 game season that's 20 goals so <laughs> keep keep going mate yeah. you know that's uh, more than fine with me and I think as well even when he is making more touches I don't think he takes away from us because I don't think he tries to do anything that he he's not if that makes sense so he's not the sort of player player that does try and beat ten men and you know like Troy Parrott maybe can do, but he's very clever with the fact that so often he'll come deep, just play that ball to the side, and then he'll be busting the gut to get in the box ready for the cross. And I think that's you know that's a good quality to have, almost knowing when to release the ball and 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 when to come deep. Um, so yeah, I just think a lot of a lot of his best attributes aren't seen on the ball. Um, but I think definitely his movements getting sharper, and you know it's just that confidence which I'd like to hope is you know flowing through him now. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Obviously, got a, well. It seems to be always a league. Obviously, you have a tough run of games coming up, but especially now, some of these away games got coming up uh, this this side of the month and heading to December. You know, we're going to need those players to be in fine form. I think with these long away trips coming up. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully that if that continues moving forward. I, I'm really pleased with the start uh, we've made in this first third of the season. Um, obviously, I didn't know much about Liam Manning, so uh, I questioned the appointment. Um, and I, I, I do feel like he steadied the ship, but not steadied the, to the ship that we we went in free for under Russ. I just thought when he left, it was probably the wrong time. And I thought heads would drop, etc. But um, it feels like a bit of togetherness within the group. Um, and Manning's basically assured that. And um, I just feel in these past few games, results probably haven't gone our way for one reason or another. And uh, we've stuck together. And um, it looks like we're, we're coming out of that patch um, on the uh, better side. So... Um, Overall, I'm 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 really pleased where we are. Um, I've always said at the start of the season it was just about progress. So anything above thirteenth, I would have been happy with. Um, and we're sitting in seventh. And you look at then teams as Joe said, um, who are brothers. They've all spent big money. So um, if we are going to compete with all them, um, we're going to have to start beating them. Um, but I think the moment or the problem we're having at the moment is. We're, try- we're struggling to break down deep blocks. And um, if you're going to go up, you've got to find solutions um, to breaking them down. 
But overall, I'm I'm happy with how we or where we're heading. Um, I do feel like we can get better, but that's going to take time. And with such a young squad, um, I, I I do feel like um, there's some special things coming from the group later on. Yeah, and I think the most important thing is that the personnel's in the door now. Um, I don't really think you can add much to the starting eleven that we have, and that's something that we haven't been able to save for probably five, six seasons, really. And I think even then, you know, we could probably pick up one or two players. Um, so, yeah, it's more about keeping these guys in the door, which, as we've mentioned, is going to be very, very hard. But, you know, we've we just got to try our best if we possibly can to keep them in because who knows what could happen come May. Um, you know, we've got a really good chance here, I think. And I think we are in better shape than some teams above us to go up. Um, and it's all about who can to maintain it throughout the season, as I mentioned, consistency and momentum, which... We know the coach staff are trying to install into the team and uh, hopefully they can do that at the right moment because they can then on the special season for sure. Okay, we'll take a short little break and then we'll get into our FA Cup clash against Stevenage to kick off our season in the competition. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. The Don's FA Cup journey begins this season at home to Stevenage. Um, would have been nice to get on a away day for once, but uh, unfortunately we haven't got that privilege. But we do face a League Two side who overall, unfortunately for their fans, isn't looking too pretty at the moment. Currently in 21st in League Two on 14 points. Now, as they're being away from home, look at their away form this season in League Two. They've had one one game drew one game and lost the other six and they conceded 18 goals scoring four goals so not the best record really and if we take the last four league games um they've drew one lost three conceded 11 and scored none so um unfortunately it's not the best reading for Alex Ravel's side of course you know Alex Ravel is well known for Don's fans of course former striker for us and slash keeper of course in that Preston game uh his second season in the job uh, has a 30% win ratio as a season manager. But despite the poor form and overall, you know, quite a small win ratio, really, considering his second season, Revel's quite liked from the senior fan base. And you know, the latest trash talk on the DSA website with Reese actually really helpful in terms of insight. So make sure you check that out if you're looking for further insight into Steven's season so far. Um, but according to Reese, you know, Revel, despite being liked from the fan base, is, over, is overall to show his lack of game management in certain situations. Now, you know, maybe he needs some coach staff in that area and he's, he needs time in the realm. But yeah, to, to have that, I suppose it's quite a common trait between managers that have much experience in jobs, especially this level. Um, it's a bit of a worrying sign. Um, but still, you know, I think there's lots of quality in that squad enough. You know, there's a chance they can turn it around. But Elliot List is and Elliot List is part of that. You know, five goals a season, is top goal scorer for Stevenage. You know, been one of their one of their little shining lights in a in a pretty poor start to the season. In terms of how the lights set up, typically it's been a it's been a four four two, quite a flat one as well. Their sort of wingers will try to cut in a bit more to make it a bit more narrower, try and close up some spaces, and then they like to do some counter attacking football. So, certainly like a little bit limited actions, a lot of lot of free balls, trying to catch teams out on the break when they maybe push up a bit too much, trying to break them down. Um, 
but interestingly enough, uh, another little nugget from that trash talk on the DSC website mentions how Ravel likes to switch it up in formations, especially when the opposition he faces plays three at the back. So he'll often go to three at the back himself. And the past couple of times that's happened, they've lost, I think, was it four or five nil? So again, it's that game management thing. You know, he tries to switch it up, doesn't really work, it ends up costing him a lot. So that's an interesting little piece of information heading to this one, which obviously the Dons play three at the back all the time. Uh, so yeah, that, that's kind of a brief view on Stevenage, at least from a stats point of view. Um, Ross, who are some key players that you sort of looked at Stevenage's lineup before? They caused a problem for Dons on Saturday. As you say, Liam, you say this Stevenage side's a poor side, but if we look back on the last half of um, last season, they were, I believe um, they went from near the relegation zone to top half. So there is quality amongst this Stevenage side. It's just for one reason or another, it hasn't worked out this season. Um, whether it's the fans, whether it's a bit of pressure. I know it's quite a young squad also. Um, but one player I just wanted to highlight was Chris Lyons. Over 450 EFL um, appearances. And one who's a former Don, who had a loan spell back in 2013. Um, he plays in the centre um, cent- mid, uh, in the heart of the midfield. Um, and he, he makes Stevenage tick. And he likes to dictate the play. Um He's one who's confident on the ball. And he loves to mix it up with his range of passing. Um, but also he can deliver from a dead ball. So it's something to keep an eye on uh, on Saturday. And then, as you say, Liam, Elliot Liss. Um, he's got the pedigree. He came from Crystal Palace's academy. But um, he got released and signed for the Jules. Um, but he's actually um, on track to be his best season in the EFL this season. So... Um, it's pretty easy, as you say, Liam, he's a little gem for them this season. Um, he's quick, agile, and one who's not afraid to take on his man. And um, I expect changes at the weekend, so um, it'll be interesting to see how we deal with List um, in a probably a what a makeshift defence for us. And um, he loves a running behind through the channel. So, um, as I say, he's a, big, he's a big player for this Stevenage side and uh, one which I will be interested to uh, see. Yeah, it's no real surprise that this is a moment system that's really kind of built for him. You know, actually mentioned quite a quick agile player who suits counter-attacking football, funnily enough. You know, that's kind of what's built on, you know, being quick on the ball, you know, catching out teams' weaknesses, especially from, actually mentioned, less mobile players. Um so, yeah, give me to see how he plays on Saturday in a game where they need a result, quite frankly, because, as I mentioned, they're not doing too well in terms of scoring goals at the moment and getting results in general. Um, Joe, before we get into the Don's perspective side looking into head of this game, anything else you'd like to mention on Stevenage as a whole? Yeah, I think um, towards the end of last season, they were one of the best teams in League Two. Like As Ross said, I think it was uh, like one of the top six teams for the last 20 games or so. I think a lot of that was down to they had, I believe they had Jamie Cumming on loan, who's now at Gillingham. So um, maybe, you know, a better use of the loan market from them would have been, you know, a bit more helpful this year. I remember in previous years, they had Ilias Chair as well on loan. Um, now, uh, obviously doing really well at QPR. So, um, yeah, maybe they're just missing that bit of threat. Um, I remember we played them in League Two a couple of years ago, and I believe they beat us 3-2. And I remember, I just remember that day, Scott Cuthbert having like one of the, I don't, I don't know how many times he headed the ball out of the box, but it must have been 
double digits. Um, and I'm, you know, I thought he was quite old then, but I'm, you know, he's still playing and he's, you know, 30 in his mid 30s. So I think, um, you know, as, as Ross said, they do have quite a few youngsters, but they've also got a few experienced heads in there. So it will be interesting to see how they do cope. But, you know, these are players that have been there and done it. So it could, they could be a real asset for, for Stevenage. Um, yeah, I mean, also another player I, I didn't I completely didn't realise they had was uh, Bruno Andrade, who uh, used to be at Lincoln City. You know, good player, really good player. Maybe, you know, maybe sometimes these things just don't work out for certain players at certain teams. Uh, but, you know, we've, Bruno Andrade, he played, he scored for Lincoln when um, they beat us 2-0 to all but confirm their promotion in League Two. So, you know, he, he was a good player under the Cowleys and, um, you know, hopefully Femi can rediscover some of that form. Yeah, it's very similar to Doncaster team and we spoke about a few weeks ago. A lot of quality there, just need to sort it out. Um, you know, and Ravel's clearly liked by the fans and the players. So, yeah, there's, there's a good chance to turn it around. But, you know, I I don't think you're going to get out of League Two playing a flat 4 4 2, inviting teams pressure, inviting pressure onto you. I, mean, it's, it's, I don't think it'll work. So, and especially players like Andrade, like, what's he going to do in a 4 4 2, like, realistically? Probably not a lot. So, yeah, maybe. I think Ravel is right to be changing it up a little bit, but maybe he's still in the wrong situations. And that kind of links to Reese's comments on the lack of maybe game management in, in, in match scenarios. And that just comes with, I think that's comes with pure experience and having the right coach stuff with you. Um, but yeah, listen, I'm sure I'll turn it around. I just hope it's not against us on Saturday, uh, basically. So from a Don's perspective, gents, um, I know Ross, you briefly referred to it. Are we expecting a lot of changes for, for me personally, I want to see a pretty strong 11. Like I'll, I may, I've maybe rest a few players, maybe, maybe rest Lewington, maybe rest oh, O'Reilly, maybe. But apart from that, maybe Twine also, I want to see like a, a really strong 11 to go out of this Stevenage team. Because I, 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 Manning speaks a lot about momentum and wanting to keep the good results, especially at home. And I, I, just, I just feel changing the team would maybe. Not not saying the quality's not there, but it, it could it could give us a chance of doing that. I mean, Joe, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Would you would you make minimal changes or would you go all out on them? Um, I'd maybe make five or six. I think for me, it's more players that are out of the team that I'd really like to see play. I'd really want to see Josh Martin again. I thought he was he showed some really, really good moments against Aston Villa. Um and I think it shows what a difference it makes when a player he was playing right wing back instead of playing attacking midfield and it shows what a difference it makes for a player to receive the ball deep and facing the goal rather than receiving the ball with their back to goal and then having to turn because he was able to just you know he was able to just take the ball and just drive and he just we just haven't seen that when he's been playing in the middle so I'd really like to see uh, Josh Martin on either left wing back or right wing back um I'd like to see Troy Parrott again. Just uh, hopefully he's back. Uh, Max Waters, I think, will definitely start. Um, you know, he got his goal at the weekend. He's, he's looked fine. He's looked fine um, so far. But we just haven't maybe seen that. Can You know, he hasn't had a real consistent run of games, has he? So I think another game for him will be good. Um, Aidan Baldwin as well. I thought, you know, I, think, I, I like Warren. But I think uh, if you had to say in the back three, who's maybe one player that, well, I think uh, 
Warren I said it himself in his interview, Aidan Baldwin's breathing down his neck. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if Aidan Baldwin puts in a couple more good performances, then who knows, maybe in a league game it gets switched up. But yeah, Aidan Baldwin I've, I've really liked. So, you know, there's a couple of players that I would really like to see that we haven't maybe seen as much as we thought we would this season. Um, and in terms of resting players, yeah, just rest Louis and O'Reilly. Just rest them. Everyone else, I think. Because I think Scott Twine, hasn't really scored or assisted in the last few games. So I think it wouldn't be the worst thing to play him. Just maybe, you know, just let him have a free kick or a 30-yarder or something. You know, just get him, get his mojo back, maybe. Yeah, yeah, there is a Twine. It didn't do a lot of running recently, hasn't it, Twine? So it's, um, yeah, I, I do see what you're saying. I may bring him on in the 60th minute. Gets a free kick, goes off again. Happy days. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ross, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on the whole rotation thing? Would you would you keep it minimal like myself, or would you maybe do kind of what Joe's done, maybe like five or six changes and change it up a lot more? Uh, yeah, I, I I do want to see changes, but I don't want I don't want our main players like our our main start at eleven to get injured off a silly cup tie like this. I know you got the reward of obviously round three to these big ties, but having the likes of Twine or Kasumu out for a couple of months for the sake of a cup game is pointless to me. And I think you just need to protect those sort of players when you've got obviously like the, the likes of Josh McEachran, who can easily do the same job. Um, but I want to see um, Ty Watson with obviously Keo. So um, obviously being in such good form, maybe it's a bit of time to... Uh, give him a little rest um, and give Tanaya a, a shot down the right-hand side because of when I have seen him, he hasn't done anything wrong. It's just because Kyoso's get involved in the assists and goals. And I think that's what's separating them at, at the moment. So, yeah, I want to see Watson. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Franco in goal either. Um, and then obviously the likes of obviously Parrot coming in uh, for Mo and... Um, I, I don't feel like Charlie Brown will start. I just feel um, there's a, f- a few ahead of him in line now. I feel I do feel like Mo, Waters and Troy, if we're going to get him on the score sheet on Saturday, it's only going to breed confidence. Um, and apart from that, yeah, I, I, I'll probably make about two or three changes. Any chance we see Zach Jules at left wing back? Maybe, maybe he, obviously Harvey picked up a little tiny knock. I think he's okay though. Maybe he doesn't wrestle away. He plays... Jules, I think, back and rest Harvey instead? Or do you reckon that's a bit of a long shot? Why not? I think Josh... Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Martin or maybe tonight could even fill in there. I mean, we had Matty Sorinola there for a season, didn't we? And he was right-footed. And and we've seen before, actually, uh, Liam Manning has switched the wing-backs at times this season. So, who knows? In, in short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And longer. Yeah. Brooke, you know, Brooklyn, he's, he's now a pro. Uh, so congratulations to him. Uh, so yeah, you know, and he's been good. I think he, he did make a mistake in the Aston Villa game. I have to mention that, but you know, overall, I've been really quite impressed. And he's seventeen. I didn't. I thought he was like nineteen. He's he's seventeen. So that's you know, yeah, really quite exciting. Quietly exciting. Let's just not mention him too much, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And yeah, it, it will be interesting starting eleven actually and see what he does because. Uh... There'll be a lot of players, I'm assuming, knocking on the door trying to get a game here against, you know, low league opposition, yes, but, you know, it's still a team that, you know, could cause some problems, especially if we, you know, take it too easily and underestimate them. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting game and um, looking forward to it. 
won't bother doing lineups because I think it's impossible to predict who's going to play, but we will do this score, score prediction. So, uh, Ross, how do you reckon Saturday have a go in the cup against Stevenage? I, I, I do feel like there'll be goals. Um, Stevenage will probably try and match us. Um, but I just feel we've got, again, even if we do change it up, I do feel like we've got a bit more quality than what they have. Um, and I think, I think we'll probably cruise to victory. I'm going to go with 3-1. Like it. Any, any any score prediction in terms of like who's going to get a goal or you'll leave it at 3-1? Um, I, I don't like to... I'm not a betting man. I'm not a betting man. If if you know me, I am. <laughs> all right, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, no worries. Uh, I, you know I'm going to say, well, this is going to score. It's going to be 2-0 win. Because so, that's how I go, pretty much. Matt Spotters will definitely score in this one. Uh, if he starts at least anyway. Um, yeah, I don't think it'll be as resounding as I'd like it to be, but I think it'll be a pretty close win at home and into the hat for the next round is all that matters to me and hopefully a lovely little away day. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's for me 2-0. Uh, Joe, your your score prediction for Saturday? I'm going for, a, I was going to go 3-1, but I'm going to go for a 4-1 now just to be a bit different. I think it's going to be fairly tight and then we're going to get a couple of late goals when they stretch a bit. And I'm also predicting um, Alex Vale to sub himself on saving my wife's penalty. <laughs> Can you give me the odds on that, please? Uh, impossible to one. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. Nice. So three wins at most gents uh, for Saturday. Make sure you let us know your score predictions and who you think may start on Saturday. That'd be really good to know, actually, in terms of what you think. Because... Uh, you probably know as much as us in terms of that on that perspective. There's but going to be thanks. a few different lineups out there, I think. <laughs> oh, 100%, 100%. And make sure if you do do lineups, you're over on Fan Hub, as always. You know, we're still one of the top fan bases on there. And, you know, we're always looking to push our rankings up there. So, yeah, please do that for us. And, you know, for the Don's sake, proving fans wrong again, we're not, we're one of the better fan bases in the country. Thank you once again for listening to the latest episode of the MQ1 podcast. Uh, apologies if there have been any slight connection issues throughout the recording. We've had an interesting recording session to say the least in terms of that, but uh, hopefully it all sounds good on, our, on your end. And uh, yeah, look forward to Saturday. And uh, until then, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.